Hello and welcome to Explaining Brazil, a new podcast brought to you by the Brazilian Report in partnership with HuffPost Brazil. My name is Gustavo Ribeiro, Editor-in-Chief of the Brazilian Report. In this space, we will talk about Brazilian politics, economics and social issues. And in our first show, I'm joined by Kiada Long, staff writer at the Brazilian Report. Hi, lovely to be here. And Diego Idaeta, Editor-in-Chief at HuffPost Brazil. Hello, and thanks for inviting me to this program. Our pleasure. Uh, we had programmed a show on the political landscape for the 2018 presidential race, but since we've planned our schedule, the new cycle has not stopped. President Michel Temer declared a federal intervention in Rio de Janeiro on Friday, February the 16th. And, uh, well, Kara. Diego and I, we are in São Paulo, and, uh, but you are in Rio, so can you tell us a, a bit of what has been going on in Rio since last Friday, and uh, what exactly does this intervention decree mean? Sure. So the intervention uh, essentially means that there are troops on the streets in Rio again. Um, you know, if you walk around the city, you can see them in some of the biggest tourist hotspots, and um, in a lot of places where where you might not expect to really. Um, so if you walk along the Atejo de Flamengo, which is a park in the south zone, they're all along the front there. So the intervention doesn't just mean the troops are on the streets. What's different this time is that they are the state security forces are under military command, um, which is the first time that's happened since the dictatorship. It's important to clarify that this is a federal intervention and not a military intervention because it was declared by the president, who's a civilian. But currently, Roberto Sá, who is the state security secretary, will be under the command of Walter Braga Neto, who is a military commander who oversaw a lot of security operations uh, during the Olympics. And uh, Diego, I remember talking to you on Friday night, right after the president's address to the nation, talking about the intervention, explaining why he did uh, what he did, and we were we will come back to that uh, in a while. But I remember immediately when uh, he stopped talking, you said, mm, he's launching his re-election campaign. Yeah, and from my perspective, this was the tone, because, you know, the middle-class family, the working class, all they want after they, their day full of work and exhausting days is like, uh, get rest at home safely. And in Rio de Janeiro, uh, most people don't feel like this. There is this sensation of insecurity for um, a, a part, uh, an expressive, a significant part of the, the population. So, I mean, violence, intrusion, this fear of danger, people don't want this. And currently, you just have one candidate in the political campaign, I mean, among those who are running for presidency, who is speaking, is addressing this issue and is speaking to people who are afraid of crime. And this guy is Jair Bolsonaro. So now, Michel Temer is also addressing the nation and, and those people who are scared. You know, um, according to the last data that we have, it's like more than... Uh, 600 murders in Brazil. It's like the sum 60, of... 60,000. 60,000, yes, murders, sorry. It's like the sum of U.S., the whole Europe, Australia, Canada, and, and, and so on. So, I mean, it's it's huge. Né? Just for a comparison for our um, listeners, it's like 30 deaths 
for a group of 100,000 inhabitants. And when we talk about America, it's like five deaths. No, and uh, what is interesting is that uh, President Hammer, when he did his speech, he said, we have recovered Brazil from its worst recession ever, and now we will bring back order. It was a clear reference to the flag's motto, order and progress, uh, and a clear, uh, in my opinion, a clear electoral bid because... Uh, uh, electoral stunt because uh, Temer wants to run again. He thinks that his paltry 3% approval ratings are actually not are misleading. He thinks that uh, a lot of people are driven by the staff, by the mainstream media to, to hate him and that once the economy shows real signs of improvement, his approval ratings will go up. But uh, for instance, there was one data published on Folha de São Paulo um, saying that uh, the government did uh, order a survey to measure how Rio residents reacted to the intervention. Uh, roughly 1,200 people were heard, and uh, the results were that 83% were for the intervention and only 12% against it. Kiada, you are in Rio. What is your take on how the population is is reacting to it because there are a lot of controversial points uh, uh, on declaring uh, a federal intervention over the state's security system, right? So I've asked a lot of people about this over the last couple of days because I'm nosy and I want to know what they think. Um, but I live in the South Zone and people in the South Zone seem to be very, very happy. Um, I would like to add two caveats to to the stats that the government's provided saying people are happy with this, which is one, that is a very small sample size uh, when you consider the size of Rio as a city and the number of people who live here. Two, I think the areas where they actually asked people what they thought are important. Because if you live in the South Zone, which is, um, you know, upper middle class, very well off, very scared of all the terrifying security things that might be happening, of course people are happier to see a strong kind of military force on the streets, but actually if you go to communities where they have had military installed for months and rolling through and they've had really brutal military police operations, they're not so happy. Yes, definitely. But uh, uh, we have not have access to the, um, to the methodology of the, uh, the research, but uh, when we talk about surveys and representative surveys, uh, if, the, if it was done properly, it was done with uh, clusters that re would represent uh, society as a whole. I, I'm not. Uh, um, it was something that the government did for itself, so it did not uh, make it public. So we cannot uh, scrutinize the, the methodology of that uh, um, of that survey. But conservative agenda has uh, this being tough on crime stance has become increasingly more popular over the past few years. And, uh, for instance, support to reducing the legal age of majority from 18 to 16 years old went from 26% of people in 2015 to 36% last year. So that could mean that uh, maybe uh, it's not that people think that this is the best way to deal with uh, violence, but at least it's some way. 
So uh, in the views of voters, and uh, I'm not saying I think this way, but uh, people want something to be done. What, what do you think, Diego? That's why Bolsonaro is like the second most popular in the polls here in Brazil for running the presidency, because he wants punishment for the criminals, and he is very um, sharp in his critics to the human rights activists, you know. Um, so, um, and we're not talking only about this, you know, low tolerance with violence, but also about authoritarianism and democracy because, you know, um, from 2014 to 2017, the number of Brazilians who support democracy has dropped. And this has to do with loss in, um, of trust in politicians because of corruption scandals, for instance. And those politicians who are not that involved with scandals such as the one investigated by um, car wash operation, they become like, you know, oh, maybe I can trust him. And this guy who is the conservative here, the right-wing activist, he is winning votes right now. When you talk about authoritarianism, there's something that, for me, uh, I don't think we can not talk about it, is the fact that um, uh, uh, the government and uh, the Minister of Justice uh, talked about this the Minister of Defense, I'm sorry, uh, that the government wants uh, judicial authorization to get collective search warrants, which means uh, they want to search for someone. Uh, and in a lot of favelas, um, since they're not necessarily urbanized, they don't have um, the same organization as uh, normal neighborhoods like the X Street with Y number, uh, they want to be able to search a vast area and barge into several homes to look for suspects. And uh, a lot of th th that has been criticized even within the government. The Minister of Justice just said that uh, uh, that is illegal, that it goes against the Constitution, and uh, you could only declare something like that in a stage of siege. Right. I mean, they've used those warrants in Rio in recent years as well. Though they've already used them for for police operations here um, in favelas like Jacarezinho, um, and every time it's been decried by not just human rights organisations but also public defenders who say that it is a breach of somebody's rights. Um, the other thing that I think is worth talking about here, if we're speaking about the sort of authoritarian appearing leanings of this move is the recent legal change, which means that military can now be tried in military courts for crimes against civilians. Um, a lot of human rights organizations, you know, Human Rights Watch, Amnesty International, said that that would lead to greater impunity for the military. Um, I think maybe that combined with these collective warrants in areas which uh, are less open and less favorable to the military being there in the first place because of past precedent, it's not a great-looking combination. Yeah, and uh, it's important to remember that the army commander, Vilas Boas, he said that the army shouldn't be at the risk of a new uh, truth commission here in Brazil 
right, uh, Gustavo? I mean, uh, after... No, which is really weird, because the Truth Commission was something that the Dilma Rousseff government installed to investigate crimes against humanity committed during the military dictatorship, so tortures and murders, actually, committed by agents of the state. So when he says, well, we don't want another Truth Commission... Uh, it really uh, makes you think, uh, what are the rules of engagement in uh, these military operations? I mean, Or is there something to be hidden since, you know, you don't want the truth to come out, for instance? Um, so, yeah, I mean, this is something that um, we as journalists have to be very attentive, right, Uh, to see what's going to happen. And experts on Brazilian law are criticizing this decision of the collective search warrants, saying that it's going totally against the Constitution because then the whole favela, the whole community becomes suspect of a crime, right? So, And this is not something legal. And it's something that favela residents uh, live with constantly, which is being labeled as potential criminals just because they live in the uh, in the wrong regions of the city. Yes, uh, but according to Raul Jungmann, the Ministry of Defense, the thing is, if there is a drug dealer or many drug dealers, criminals, who are running away, they can be caught by police people too, you know? I mean, if they are uh, trying to, to hide. So then it would make sense in a practical way, according to the minister. Another aspect of the intervention um, is the, the, the impacts to the economy. And, um, for instance, the core of the government of Michel Temer's economic agenda was the pension system reform. The government has struggled for months to gather support um, because since it's um, an amendment to the Constitution, you have to have at least 308 out of 513 votes in the House. And the government has never quite managed to gather more than 250, 260 votes. And now, uh, because we are in a state of federal intervention, all amendments to the Constitution uh, are now prohibited. It was something that when um, our legislators were crafting the 88 Constitution, Uh, they said, okay, uh, a state of intervention is, by definition, an exceptional uh, moment. We don't want the, the president to be able in such a uh, moment to propose changes to the Constitution. So it's, the, the, the pension system reform is officially dead. Um, in a way, it's good for the government to have this intervention because it can save face, right? The problem is not that the government didn't manage to get a, a, a strong coalition to vote its project, it's, well, Rio is a mess, we cannot vote the, the pension reform. And it's funny, you know, because the government managed to get more than, or 370 votes pro the intervention, the federal intervention. So, I mean, um, there was this substitution of agenda, you know, the Temer is a candidate right now. I mean, he, he is actually, at least he's acting as a candidate to the extent that he substituted the pension system reform with the federal intervention. 
uh, addressing exactly the problem of security in Rio de Janeiro. But, you know, we still have a problem, Gustavo, because um, the public expenses are still very high and for paying the, the pensions of people. So, I mean, we still have this problem. And if he, Temir, doesn't address this now, the next president is going to... Um, uh, he 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 will be in charge uh, of this, and so it's actually we we are also out of time because this is something urgent for us, you know. Yeah, but let's be, let's be honest. When Temer didn't manage to vote that in 2017, it it was already that dead. I mean, you, you won't. I don't contest that. I don't think it's I don't think it's as dead as you would like it to be. Um, <laughs> I because you know a lot of people have said that he can just repeal it. He can repeal the decree, the military intervention, when he has enough votes. I think this is a good opportunity for them to kind of gather enough pressure, enough votes to pass it behind closed doors and then open at the moment that they choose and then put the decree back in place. Yeah, but I, I don't that's know. what people are saying could happen. So I don't know if it's dead. This just gives them an easy out if they aren't able to do that before the election. I but, believe but, that the, this type of reform is the one with the... Um, uh, labor laws is very unpopular because you know people are going to be affected by it. I mean, this their pensions are of some of the groups are going to fall. So many of the deputies and senators they don't want to be involved with this right now, given that this is a year of election. Uh, that's why I believe it is dead. Yeah, no, I think it's been very popular amongst the amongst the deputies and amongst the senators, um, like for exactly that reason. But I don't think that Temer and his cabinet have necessarily given up hope. Yeah, but I, I don't think it's feasible right now. And uh, um, we, we, we could talk, uh, still uh, talking about the economy, um, how to fund security operations. I mean, it's going to be expensive to conduct military operations in Rio, and uh, the spending cap is still on. Uh, so the government will essentially have to cut expenses elsewhere. And that's why I believe that the Ministry of Human Rights now is like being substituted with the Ministry of Social Security, right? I mean, human rights don't matter for Temer administration. That's the message when he dismissed Luis Linda Valois, who was the Minister of Human Rights. Um, that's that's my take on this. Yeah, but isn't it this new Ministry for Public Safety kind of uh, a, 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 an empty uh, action? Because he's essentially taking police forces who are now operating under the... Uh, the Ministry of Justice and creating a new, uh, instead of creating more bureaucracy, uh, uh, besides creating more bureaucracy, I don't see a, a practical side for this ministry. Yeah, uh, maybe not in the sense of saving money of the federal administration, but um, when you look at the aspect of having more control over some operations, for instance, of the federal police. It makes sense because now the Ministry of Justice is empty, right? The the Ministry of Social Secu Security is going to be like the, 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 the strong. Yeah. And uh, 
I'm so confused by this whole ministry thing. I'm sorry. I'm staying very silent for that reason. Um, it does. It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, the the problem for me with the ministry uh, for public safety is that it's something to show the crowd you're doing something while you're not necessarily doing anything because uh, it doesn't bring new technology, new intelligence tactics, new ways to to deal with violence it's just the name just to say well we created a ministry just to fight violence and you know Moreira Franco who represents uh, Temer he said that there was a planning uh, prior to this but of course this is something political and very symbolic uh, if security is like the number one problem for Brazilians, of course, having a ministry dedicated only to these type of issues is something that will be addressed during the electoral campaign, uh, Gustavo. So I understand uh, how um, uh, some people who are more critical get, you know, uh, get confused about this, but it's very political. I mean, uh, someone is going to... Be have benefits from this, you know, and of course the it's like the 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 politicians, and you know, I mean, who's going to be the candidate of the government, and that's why I, I'm saying this is very political. It's uh, really uh, attached to, to this election because uh, Geraldo Alckmin could be, you know, like he's somehow an ally of Michel Temer, but he was has always been a little uh, off. The stage. So you have like the president of the the lower house, uh, Rodrigo Maia, who's an ally of of Michel Temer, and now he's also on the spotlight because of this uh, decree. And, and you have the ministry of e economy, right? I mean, Henrique Meirelles, finance minister, the finance, sorry, the finance minister, Henrique Meirelles. So uh, of course, Temer thinks since he's the guy on television, although he's the most unpopular president ever. He might uh, get not only Brazilian history. He's even less popular than uh, Nicolas Maduro, who has led uh, Venezuela into a collapse. Yeah, and uh, Jacob Zuma, who just had to uh, step down as president of South Africa. Yeah, because his uh, rise of power was very controversial, so he lacks legitimacy. But when he uh, say we are gonna. Um, bring the order again to the country uh, after we brought you know like uh, the, a, a, a good thing for economy f finally so he's saying I am running this country and I want to be candidate again I want to run for a re-election so uh, I believe that what is at stake right now is the future of Brazilian politics and of presidency it's not only about I mean it's definitely not uh, security in Rio de Janeiro and uh, Kiara in your opinion, because Bolsonaro, who comes from Rio de Janeiro, uh, has been the guy who presents himself as the tough guy on cr against crime, and um, now Temer kind of takes that uh, banner away from him. Uh, what do you think for Bolsonaro? Uh, what's at stake here with the intervention and uh, with his electoral stock moving forward? I so, I mean, Bolsonaro's gained a lot of uh, steam because he says that this is an important issue and this is an important issue, but he doesn't have any policies on really anything. Um, so I think he's 
gained a lot of publicity for saying like I'm going to do something about security in this country but um, he didn't have a plan and so now that there's the government that's already in place is putting in a plan that's kind of undermining him a little bit and I think I saw something earlier him saying you know they won't steal my rhetoric but um, it will be interesting to see how this plays out if people still feel that he is a good candidate because he's saying he'll do something about security uh, when the government is already actually trying to do something or supposedly trying to do something. Yeah, and the thing is, it, it fails. if it fails, that uh, rhetoric of fighting violence with more violence is kind of doomed. Uh, if it works, then it will not be uh, to his credit. I mean, any researcher who has been studying public security in Rio over the last decade or so will tell you that Violence, fighting more violence, just leads to more violence. It's not a strategy that works. Yeah, exactly. Especially without intelligence, without understanding how these criminal organizations operate. Uh, just sending policemen to kill and be killed in favelas, it's, it has proven time and time again not to be something effective. But... Uh, Go ahead, Diego. You know what is the most important thing about this move of Michel Temer and his administration regarding the uh, federal intervention? It was done right after Carnival. And we know that here in Brazil, things start exactly after Carnival. So, I mean, uh, this was on purpose. This has a reason. And the reason is the campaign. <laughs> the election is on. <laughs> But uh, we're out of time. Diego, I'd like to thank you for joining us and thank the Huffington Post for its support. Thanks to our listeners this week. We're glad you joined us. If you like what you heard, please take a few minutes to check our reporting at The Brazilian Report. You can find new pieces on Brazilian politics, economics, and society every day on our website. That's Brazilian.report. We'd love to hear your thoughts about this podcast. Please get in touch and let us know what you think or any suggestions for things you'd like to hear from us. You can reach us via the Brazilian Reports website or on our Twitter. Our handle is at Brazilian underscore rep. This podcast was written and produced by me, Gustavo Ribeiro, for the Brazilian Report. That's all for now. We'll see you next week. Thank you. Thank you.